everyone, and welcome to tonight's season finale edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. I'm your co-host, Brian Bosarge, as always, my co-host, Shane P. Hallam. Shane, 343 days, 22 hours, 59 minutes, 39 seconds away from the 2023 NFL Draft. We'll be talking about that 2023 draft tonight, and this is going to be our last podcast for a while. We're going to take the summer off until we relaunch in uh, mid to late August next year before the college football season kicks off, so... This, this is it. We've we we made it. Made it year one uh of us taking over draft countdown, Brian. Yeah, it's it's been a wild ride, man. Been uh it's been fun for sure. A lot of work we put into this uh relaunch and uh got through the 2022 NFL draft for the most part. Um actually, yeah, I think we are we are done we with our it. 2022 content. So <laughs> but yeah, as I said, this is this is gonna be our last podcast for a little bit outside of some sort of draft emergency that comes up. Uh, number one or first round picks start getting traded. I might come on and talk about that over the summer a little bit. But uh, if you got any, if you're listening live or watching live, you got any questions, hit us up in the chat or on Twitter at Draft Countdown, and we'll get to them. We've already got a couple, or at least one in there. Shane, we'll get to later. But uh, we, as you said earlier, we're going to break down some of the 2023 position groups. And I did a little uh, look back at my 2022 mock draft. It's going to be publishing this weekend. At draft countdown, a lot is going to change, Shane, from where we see things right now to how things are going to end up. And that will no different than, like I said, when I look back and saw some of the names that I had as first round picks on that uh, first initial mock draft in August as to where they end up. So with that being said, Shane, you really have watched a lot more of these prospects than I have. So kind of Go through your process on how you come up with your rankings, you know, these early rankings for 2023 draft. You've ranked 2024 players, 2025 players. Talk to me how you – or talk to everybody how you kind of go about that. So I think for me, and, and I think this is important to note, when you look at a mock draft for 2023, there, there's been a lot of kind of poo-pooing the early mock drafts out there on social media. Like I, I'm really projecting, okay, what happens if this player progresses – like from what I've seen, right? What happens if they take the next step? And I think that's important to note that it's not saying this is this is my prediction. This is what the draft is going to be, right? Like that's not until the final mock draft is really the, the only time that I'm predicting, hey, this is what the draft will look like. It, it, it's about at this point and even during the college season, okay, what happens if, if these players get better? Like CJ Stroud and Bryce, I'm going to talk about a little bit as the top two quarterbacks. I'm pre- we're putting them as top two quarterbacks, assuming they get better and they show that improvement. If they don't Spencer Rattler last year, like Sam, Sam Howe, right? Like, no, then they're not there anymore. But if Sam Howe had gotten better, Spencer Rattler had gotten better, they probably would have been top picks in last year's draft. And so that's really what this is. It's about, okay, who are some guys you can watch? Who are some guys that if they improve, I think that's just an important note that I'm not saying, Oh, you know, Tyler Van Dyke, he, he's a top, he's top 50 pick right now. You know, if we had the draft today, nope, he's not, he's not a first round pick, but he, if he progresses like he did last year, he will be, he can be. I think that's important to note. And that's why you have guys that you can criticize when the first round, when we have players that don't even get drafted, right? We both had that in our first mock drafts this year. It's going to happen again. And it's about those players not living up to the expectations that, we have for them watching them now. And I think that's important to note of what this means. It's not what I think people just assume me going crazy with these future mock drafts. Like 
I'm just projecting, hey, if these this players is good and continues to be as good as they have been, this this is what I think will happen. And uh, but that's obviously not gonna be the case. Is Arch Manning the number one pick in the 2026 draft? Um it's it's close it's close. <laughs> I think it's close. I, I I probably not for me, actually, but that that's that's for another time, I guess. Another <laughs> time. Another time. <laughs> A year from now, we'll get into that. Uh, so let's talk about quarterbacks because we have to. And as we said, we just got through saying, I in my in both of our first mock drafts a year ago, we both had Sam Howell and Spencer Rattler one two in the draft. Um, Rattler's currently at the University of South Carolina, not Oklahoma, and uh, Sam Howell was drafted in the fifth round. So obviously, like you said, they didn't progress. Now we look at the 2023 draft and the top of that is CJ Stroud from Ohio state who looked awesome. You know, I didn't put the full analyzation on him, but I mean, he looked awesome in passing same with Bryce young. Now questions with Bryce young, we'll get to in just a second. Uh, You mentioned Tyler Van Dyke, a guy who I only watched one game of last year and wasn't paying attention to Tyler Van Dyke. I actually went back and looked at his stat line. It was really good from that game that I watched. Um, and then Anthony Richardson's another one who's only played a handful of games, right? So we're, we're really projecting him and, but two guys or maybe three guys here that are five, six and seven on your rankings, we kind of do have a good idea of what they are. Cause we've seen a lot from them. Uh, cause we studied them last year thinking they were prospects for, you know, the 2022 draft, looking at Grayson McCall of Coastal Carolina, who was a redshirt sophomore and thus draft eligible. Hendon Hooker from Tennessee, who really emerged last year as a, a potential top quarterback prospect, would have went to the Senior Bowl had he not decided to go back to school. And Phil Yurkovic, uh, Notre Dame transfer to Boston College. So those are seven names right there. And that's before you even get into some other guys like Will Levis, uh, Tanner McKee, you know, and, and some other guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young from Alabama, obviously, um, are easily the top two. But in it, I, I almost put it like 50-50 if they're going to be the top two next year. Because generally, I, I, I've looked it up. Like the last time that we had a preseason, the top two quarterbacks were the first two off the board. Not like first two picks, but just first two off the board. I think it was 2009. I think it's been a long time since like the two quarterbacks going into the season that were kind of consensus, um, you know, first, the, the, these are the top two quarterbacks. Um, the last time that that really happened, uh, who were who they in 2009? Matthew Stafford and Mark Sanchez. I would say that's probably the last time it's happened. So it's pretty rare. Like, I think it's a good shot. Bryce Young's not a top two quarterback. You mentioned, you know, the size is the question he's not going to be six feet tall, uh, despite being listed there. And he's not going to be 200 pounds. Um, maybe he can bulk up to that. You know, that's a little bit scary, I think, for him. And that's that's part of the issue. Yeah, I mean, you do. And size is going to be the thing. Uh, C.J. Stroud, I mean, he looks the part for sure right now. Um, but does he continue to develop? Um, size is not a question for Van Dyke or Richardson, that's for sure. No, Those are bad. some – uh, but for Van Dyke, I mean, the question is, is, is can he move? Um, he did not do much of that uh, in the box score scouting I did. 
Well, it's kind of interesting because neither is Stroud or Young. And I think we kind of accept that they can move um, because in high school, Young, especially in high school, he, he ran a ton. Stroud did not, but uh, kind of flashed that at times in high school. But like they didn't either. So it's really interesting because, yeah, Van Dyke from Miami uh, didn't do it. I think has a little bit of that potential. And Anthony Richardson from Florida – he, he's the guy that that kind of Cam Newton like QB power. They you know when they did bring him in last year, um, he was doing some of that. So it's kind of interesting that he's the guy that we definitely know can be a running quarterback. He's the biggest of the four. I mean, there's a lot of these guys I want to watch because I I see a lot of hype for Will Levis, uh, and he's going to from the pro style offense. Same with Tanner McKee or Mackey or. From Stanford, another guy who I heard people banding could have been a first round pick last year. Okay. I have no idea. Um, there's only one quarterback on this list, Shane, that I want to see be overly successful this year. <laughs> who, who is that, Brian? That would be Spencer Rattler. I want to see, I want to see the resurgence of Spencer Rattler this year to first round status. Cause if he does, then that means South Carolina's winning. Um Let's move on to running backs, and there are a couple of names here that I am interested to see, mainly the one that you have at the top, uh, because I'm firmly on team don't draft running back in the first round, and you are telling me that B. John Robinson from Texas is that guy, is that dude. <laughs> Talk to me about B. John Robinson. Yeah, he, he, I mean, he is that dude. He's got to be – I would say probably 5'11 and a half, 215 to 220 pounds. And I mean, he's not going to run a 4'3, probably even a 4'4, but if he, he runs in the 4'5s, and I mean, his short area quickness is just so exceptional, and he can run through you. Like, he's, he's to me the best running back prospect since Saquon Barkley. Um, and I, you know, I, I'm with you. I'm not team drafter running back high. I wouldn't take Bijan in the top 10, but. It wouldn't surprise me. I think he's that type of game changer has been from day one, five-star recruit, top of his class at, you know, going to Texas. Now Texas is putting together a a really good offense this year. So I think we could see even more. Maybe they even, you know, maybe even splits a little bit and they're like, all right, you know, he's good. Like he could go to the NFL right now. So I I think he'll be a first round pick. I feel pretty confident that he'll be a first round selection come next year. Um, I know a little bit about Zach Evans, uh, transfer from TCU to Ole Miss. Uh, saw him uh, play in a couple of games last year when I was, you know, watching Obina Easy and those guys. So I have a little familiarity to him, and I know he has the breakaway ability uh, that we want. Um, I've also seen enough of Tank Bixby to be intrigued. Uh, a guy I know, two guys I know little about in your top five and only get your take on these guys, Jameer Gibbs, uh, Georgia tech to Alabama this year and Sean Tucker from Syracuse. Uh, Jameer Gibbs is going to be the best pass catching running back in this draft. I mean, at Georgia tech, he was just an elite pass catcher out in space. I do Um, like that. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's your thing. So I think you'll really like him. And so I'm intrigued to see if Alabama uses him in that way, because he is smaller. He's probably going to be around 200 pounds. Um, hopefully a little bit over that, but
But, I mean, he he's one of those guys that you don't get a clean tackle on. Even Georgia Tech's offense is awful. I mean, their offensive line was terrible, and he was making plays. He was that entire offense. So I, I think he has first-round potential, um, especially being an Alabama running back. You know he's going to get the workload uh, for that. And Sean Tucker's just really interesting because he's kind of quietly put together a really good career um, you know, this past season, almost 1500 yards over six yards of carry in the ACC, uh, and had a string of, uh, I think it was like 700 yard games in a row. Um, just like super productive kind of bell cow type of running back, uh, who has good vision, like low to the ground, really compact. Uh, he, he's good. He can catch the football. Uh, um, I think just going to Syracuse, people kind of don't know about him, but he has the talent to he'll probably be a 4-4 player as well. So um, I really like him as a day two running back there. Uh, you mentioned Bell Cow, Alabama running backs, and uh, Tommy said he was skeptical of the Steelers drafting Harrison round one, but he thinks he's shown his worth, Shane. I don't know that uh, – are, are you there with that? I still want to take in Najee Harris round one, but, I mean, like, he's as good as you can ask for, I think, when you're taking a running back there. But, yeah. Um. We, we saw a little bit of Zach Charbonnet last year, and, and I, I think he's really good. Uh, you said you don't know uh, such and such that uh, Sean Tucker is going to be that speedy guy. Uh, Devin A-Chain is going to be. That guy's going to run fast, right? Yeah, he's 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 going to compete for that fastest 40 time at the combine. He's going to be a 4-3 from Texas A&M, 5-9, 185, kind of hybrid running back receiver, one of those types. Um I, he's this the kind of guy I have trouble ranking because I think he's an explosive playmaker. It's probably going to go like top 100, but you know, it's, it's right. always tough to put that at running back. Um, I don't want to spoil your sleeper column you've got coming up here, but there's another name here that I think you're going to touch on in that, in that article. Yeah. Uh, another, another South Dakota state running back Isaiah Davis uh, is uh, maybe on par with Pierre strong in terms of, Talent, very different running backs. Isaiah Davis is kind of more of that bigger bruiser, 6'1", 220. Um, but, I mean, when he was on the field, he was super productive, had some injuries this year. So if you're looking for maybe the top small school uh, skill position player, I think it's Isaiah Davis this year from South Dakota State. Let's move on to some more skill positions on offense. And there are at least – Three guys here in your top five that I know a lot about, despite them not being draft eligible, because I watched football. And Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State, 300-plus yards in the Rose Bowl. Kayshawn Butte, uh, yeah, LSU, he's next there. And Jordan Addison, uh, we don't know where he's playing yet. Uh, we can make assumptions, but we don't know. Uh, we, we don't think it's going to be Pittsburgh. It is not, it's not. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we don't officially know where he's going to play football yet, but those are three guys uh, I think are going to probably, I feel good about going in the first round. I, I think unless you know something majorly happens, I think like Jackson Smith, the Jigba is going to go. He's, he was just excellent last year, a most productive Ohio state receiver. We had the other two go and just go in the top 15. So you probably feel good about that. Um, I think he's could be a big slot. That's what he is doing at Ohio State. Keishon Butte is interesting because I think he is probably the most complete receiver, uh, but has had multiple injuries now the past two seasons. 
Um, Artie has gotten some criticism from head coach Brian Kelly. So if there's one guy I think could fall off this list, I think it's him just for, you know, for that. But in terms of pure talent, I mean, he he was dominating like Jamar Chase when Chase and Terrace Marshall were gone as a true freshman. Um, and then Addison won the Bolitnikoff. And so, like, if he goes to Southern Cal or Texas with Quinn Ewers or Caleb Williams, I, I mean, you know, the, the sky's the limit for him too. So, and, and I really like Quinn Johnston, the receiver from TCU, who uh, 6'4", 193, you know, big, probably four four flat speed at that size. I mean, he's going to be a big athlete who can score from anywhere on the field. I think he's super intriguing, and I think he's getting overlooked in this class uh, so far. Jordan Addison took one look at Keaton Slow. This is like, nope, got to go. <laughs> I, I, I think I think there's money calling his name that uh, made that decision for him. Sure. Uh couple of Maryland guys here in your top 10. One, I mean, I love Dante Demas, and I really hope he bounces back from his injury. I am concerned because I felt the same way about Reggie Roberson the year before and his injuries, and he never – he did he, – he was not the same uh, this past season. So I really hope that that same doesn't befell Demas. But Rakeem Jarrett uh, is a stud, and now he's draft eligible too. So – I've seen both of those guys. I've watched a lot of Maryland these last couple of seasons, so I feel pretty good about uh, those guys. Is there is there a receiver maybe further down, Shane, that uh, that you really like here that could make that rise? Well, I, I'm kind of intrigued. So Jordan Addison moving on from Pitt, Kanata Mumfield is really interesting, um, who's going transferring into Pitt from the MAC, and you know those MAC receivers seem to have some success. Uh, he had a great spring game, 6'1", 180, separation easily, was getting that separation in the spring game for Pitt. So I think if there's a player that kind of emerges from Addison leaving, he's going to – Mumfield's going to fit that role. Um, but, but there's a ton of guys. This is another going to be deep receiver class. Uh, I could I could name names for days, but uh, we'll, keep, we'll keep rolling here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's talk about tight ends. And uh, he's finally draft eligible. I don't know if Dwayne's watching tonight, but a man's, I feel like he asked almost every week about Michael Mayer uh, <laughs> in the chat last week. Well, he's draft eligible now uh, for 2023. And there was something you said in the disc in the uh, Devi Marketplace Discord server the other day. And when I was doing my uh, for my recap or review of my mock draft 1.0 the other day. Um, Michael Mayer is, he's not Jay, he's not going to get wider mired. Is he? (laughs) I I mean, I hope not, but he's not going to be like super fast. I I don't think Michael Mayer is a super athlete. Uh, Hopefully he's not as bad as Jamal Weidermeyer. I don't think that's the case. Um, so I think the consistent production and the fact that he got better from year one to year two, well, Weidermeyer got worse, I think is a good sign for Michael Mayer to still be a first round pick. I know both. I think both of us have him fairly high in our mock drafts. Uh, so maybe he doesn't quite go that high, but I think he's still going to be a first rounder. I mean, he's just an elite red zone guy, good blocker, 250. Uh, I, th- I think teams are going to like him. I had him in my first round mock draft. Um, that might have been too rich. I don't want to call him a poor man's. Cause I think poor man is, 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 is shortchanging him a little bit. Uh, Let's call him middle-class Kyle Pitts. 
Jaheim Bale, South Carolina. I really want to I, – I think he has he has that athletic profile that Pitts has, not as good. But I, I really want to see him be utilized more because when the, South Carolina got the football in his hands, he made plays, but it didn't seem like they did it nearly enough, which is that on the coaching staff or is there something I'm missing here while they're not calling his number – as often as they probably should. Uh, you know, you, you had some quarterback issues there at South Carolina last year. Let's be fair. That I is think, true. I think that, that was is, part of the problem of true. getting the ball to Gene. Now, if Gene Bell wants to be Kyle Pitts, he better grow three inches and gain three pounds. I, I said middle. <laughs> Kyle t- Pitts. Tiny man's Kyle Pitts, perhaps, sure. is the way to go. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, he's he's my number two tenant. I, I, I just think he's such a good playmaker uh, this year with – the weapons around him, because uh, I'll be highlighting a South Carolina receiver in my sleeper article coming out. Um, I know which one. You know which one. And so I think I think South Carolina offense could be good. I think Bell um, could really emerge from that. Yeah, I'm I'm on board with him. I mean, as a first round pick, I, I think I just think size it's not going to happen unless he wants to make that move to receiver. But uh, I think day two, and he could, he could, he could, he could do that. Yeah. yeah. Um. And I say that because there's another South Carolina tight end on this list here that we liked a little bit last year out of Oklahoma, who's now transferred over with uh, Rattler, and that's Austin Stogner uh, there, who is more of a traditional tight end, more of an inline, you know, get after it guy. So that's interesting to me. Um, couple of high profile Georgia players here that for one reason or another, haven't produced a lot. And there's a Georgia, another Georgia tight end here who's better than both of them that's not on this list because he's not draft eligible. So are we going to even see enough here from Darnell Washington or Eric Gilbert to uh, justify these lofty tight end rankings here, Shane? Look, I think I think it's going to be James Cook-esque, right? You might not see a lot of them, but then, then they just move up the draft board. I mean, James – they're not watching 6'7, 265. Like he, he's an offensive tackle who can leap and catch the football really, really well. <laughs> like, I mean, there's there's some upside there. He he was he was a high four-star recruit. And Eric Gilbert was like five-star all-world, uh, went to you know, kind of bounced around because of some off-the-field academic issues, some rumors his weight bubbled up. If he reaches his potential, Eric Gilbert could be the best tight end in this class, like bar none, easy. He has that kind of skill set and athleticism, but we haven't seen a darn thing, you know, from him. So uh, any any Eric Gilbert, like, first-round mock drafts is all projection. Uh, so I, I put him conservatively at seven right now, uh, for now. I don't know a lot about him but I'm just going to assume the best testing tight end in this class is Sam Laporta from Iowa. I, <laughs> I, I have no idea, but if history has told me anything, it's that an Iowa tight end is going to test really well, Shane. Yes. I mean, I, I, anything less than a nine, one Raz, I will be disappointed. <laughs> Not nine, one on the dot. I mean, I uh, could get close to that. I think he has that ability. Um, and yeah, there's a couple good Iowa tight ends. Uh, for them this year so uh, watch Sam Laporta I think I think when you watch him you'll fall in love with them everyone out there for sure um 
we'll call it a sleeper-ish guy, but uh, you were on on this guy's uh, train last year before he went back to school, and that's uh, North Dakota State Bison tight end Noah Gendorf, uh, 6'6", 266. What do you like about this guy? I, I just think he's a very sound blocker. They use him a lot as a blocking tight end, um, so not like big production, but nice soft hands. I thought after the catch he showed a little bit. So, I mean, you know, he's a, he's a day three guy, but I think he's a, a draftable tight end um, that I feel pretty confident about that's going to make an NFL team. I, I just think no one's said his name uh, and he's in my top ten tight ends for this year because I've seen him play and seen him play well. Let's move on to the blockers up front, and I will say this looking at the offensive tackles. I am not comfortable saying anything about any of these guys. Um, the only one I have watched in your top ten enough to have a formed opinion on is Zion Nelson from Miami. Uh, but a lot of love out there for Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern and Paris Johnson from Ohio State. So start with Johnson because I figure that's more right, definitely more up your alley there with him. And then then tell me a little bit about Skaronsky. So Johnson's a projection. He played guard this past season. He's going to kick out to the Nicholas Petit Frere uh, left tackle spot this this year. So it, it's tough. He was a, a high end five star recruit. He has the movement skills, but I haven't I haven't seen him play tackle. So like I, I don't know. It, it's one of those. Whereas his teammate Dewan Jones. Uh, 6'8", 360, played right tackle this past season. Some good, some bad, uh, but he probably, I, I feel almost more co- comfortable with him, right? You've seen him play right tackle. Um, but I think both of those guys have first-round potential. Peter Skorowski is interesting. I, I think from a just skill set, like consistency standpoint, he's, he's lights out. I mean, I rarely saw him get beat uh, from what I've watched so far. He's not – your typical offense is not this like big, long, you know, he doesn't have all those things. So that puts some fear in me. We've seen those kind of players not, you know, not hit the heights, but he's by far the best. It's not, it's not a great tackle class yet. Uh, there's a lot of potential, um, but he's probably the only one I've seen that I'm like, okay, this guy can play on Sundays for sure. Everyone else you're kind of projecting they're going to get better and they're going to be able to do that. You mentioned length issues and that makes me think of another Northwestern offensive tackle from a couple of seasons ago that has worked out pretty well. Rashawn Slater, uh, who was that, a stud That's how Skronsky got in was when Slater opted out. That's when he started. So so is there any comparison with those two? Yeah, I think, I think it's actually a pretty good comparison. Um, I think Skronsky has that kind of play. He's not quite as not quite as heavy, not quite as good an anchor. I wouldn't say he's as good you know, a player as Slater was starting out, but that kind of potential is there. Um, we'll quickly kick inside here. I don't know a lot about any of these guys either, uh, but based off of your ranking of him, I uh, put Javion Cohen in the bottom end of my uh, first round. So um, is this another, like, we're projecting here with, yeah, I- with him? I think I think the whole offensive line class is a little rough around the edges right now. Like I think Cohen was the more consistent guard last year, um, but definitely had some games where he, you know, he did not play well. He did not get great leverage. Just didn't get it. You know, had some bad plays. So it's kind of projection. Okay, here's an Alabama guard who, if he gets better, is probably going to be a potential first round pick. 
but I don't know if there's anyone here that I feel like super confident in at guard or center um, that will kind of be the guy. Only one player, the one player in the, in your top 10 guard rankings that I want to highlight is I really want to see how he plays uh, week in, week out in the STC. Cause from watching him in the Sun Belt. Uh, and seeing him in person last year, I was very impressed with Osiris Torrance, the former Louisiana Raging Cajun, followed his head coach, Billy Napier, to Florida. So I, I definitely want to see how he uh, develops and, and gets uh, – because, you know, you're going to go against some Georgia guys and, and those Alabama guys on the interior. It's going to be – it's a lot different than playing South Alabama and, and Louisiana Monroe. You know, so you want to see how that goes – uh, for Torrance. No, I, I think it's a good call. I also like Andrew Voorhees from Southern Cal. Uh, I think had a really good season. I was surprised he did not declare. I thought he could have been third, fourth round pick. He's probably a guy I think that has potential to really rise up as well. Uh, and Torrance is a, a good name uh, for sure. Um, I, I I wasn't on Tyler Linderbaum until about halfway through the season. So is any of these centers – here this year's Linderbaum. I mean, maybe there's someone I don't know who it is yet. <laughs> like I don't know. Uh, I like Cedric von Prawn from Georgia. Um, what a name! Uh, yeah, I mean he he held down that interior of a line really really well. Uh, so I think he's better than Justin Schaefer. I think he's better than Jamari Salyer in terms of prospect wise. Um, Andrew Rain from Oklahoma played well. He's my number one. But then I think there's a bunch of guys after that that I'm like. You know, like Alex Forsyth from Oregon could he could be he could be that stud. I mean, he had some that game against Iowa State. Like I was like, oh wow, like this center is so good. And then the next game, he crapped the bed. Like you know, there's a lot of those older centers as well in, in my top ten that uh, it could it could happen, but I'm not sure. There's a guy here named Juice Scruggs. I mean, that's that's pretty good, right? Penn State, he, he's a good player too. Penn State, Penn State's a good offensive lineman this year. So Juice Scruggs. Drew Scruggs. Let's move it on over to defense here. Uh, there's some edge rushers, Shane. And like I said, you don't have to uh, – just because he was draft elig- wasn't draft eligible doesn't mean that you couldn't help but notice Will Anderson uh, last year. You could have made an argument for him to win the Heisman last year. He should have. Just I, I think the, the season he had yeah. uh, was one of the – I mean, most unbelievable uh, seasons for a pass rusher I've ever seen uh, at the collegiate level uh, that Will Anderson had a year ago. I mean, what makes him so good to put up the numbers that he had? And what do you, what is, what else do you need to see from him to think that he could be that top overall pick? I, I mean, just the explosive first step. And he did a lot standing up. So he had kind of a wide variety of pass rush moves, such a natural. I mean, his bend is so crazy that he could just, he just bent around offensive, like top offensive tackles in the SEC, just whipped right around them. They, they couldn't touch him. And it's, it's crazy. I've, I haven't seen that. Like I just have never seen that. Um, so, you know, maybe it's hyperbole, but I want to say he's the best pass rusher I've ever seen. Now he, the problem is he's 235 pounds, right? He's not Miles Garrett. He's not Chase Young. Um, it's more Von Miller. You know, you're, that's where you're going to play him. So that could be an issue. Uh, but if he does that, if he does what he did last year again, 
I, I mean, I'll, I'll say he's the best pass rusher I've ever, I've ever scouted because yeah, yeah. he was that good last year. Yeah, uh, he was unbelievable. Uh, I caught some flat during our live stream um, on day three. Uh, y'all were bandying about names for for next year, and the name Miles Murphy come up. I didn't even know who he was, uh, but here he is, number two uh, on your edge rusher list. Uh, good size, six five, two seventy five from Clemson. Uh, talk to me about Miles Murphy. I mean, he's just an impressive athlete at his size. Um, I thought he had a really productive season for you know, Clemson defense that was solid, but it, there wasn't a ton of studs you know, up front, you know, drafted last year or anything. And so in terms of pass rush, you know, he really set the edge well. Um, he had the most sacks on the team, pretty consistent getting pressure. And, I mean, he's big and he can move. Like, it, when he gets to a running back, running back cannot run through Miles Murphy. So I think he has a nice floor, and I think he has a high ceiling as well. Jim Nagy, Senior Bowl Executive Director, tweeted out, uh, and this may have been before the draft or – or not long after, maybe the day after the first, maybe. Uh, but he said, everybody talking about Trayvon Walker, but when you turn on the tape, it was Nolan Smith is the standout here. And I will say this, I Nolan Smith did stand out to me a fair amount last year. Um, another guy, similar build to Will Anderson, so not going to be your traditional – he's not the traditional – set the edge run defender like Miles Murphy is, but uh, Nolan Smith, another guy that can just get after the quarterback. Yeah. I mean, when, when Adam Anderson was released from the team and Nolan Smith went in there, I mean, he just wreaked havoc and he, he, another guy, five-star recruit didn't do much early in his career, but I mean, such a good athlete. Like th this class has a ton of those stand up um, fast, bendable edge rushers that can just get around the edge. I mean, Nolan Smith, I thought, it got better in the run game too. I mean, I, you know, he, he, he started to really put it together last year. And if he takes another step, he's going to be the best defender on that Georgia team this year to me. There's a lot of good edge rushers in this yeah. class. And there's some names that are further down the list here that they have questions uh, about, can they maybe need to bounce back? It, I'll be from injury or just a down year. Zach Harrison of Ohio State, I had my uh, first mock draft a year ago going in the first round. Production dipped off uh, last year, but Zion Tapuola Fatui from Washington, injury coming back from that. Brenton Cox was down a little bit from Florida. We both kind of liked him. Uh, a, a couple other guys that I think are, are – that I've watched in this class that I think are, are really good. Uh, Will McDonald from Iowa state mm -hmm. is another, but here's the name here at 13 who I remember last year had a four sack game. I even wrote him up in my, uh, you know, week review columns, even though he wasn't draft eligible and that's Kansas state Felix on a Uzama six, four, two fifty three, four sack. I can't remember who it was against, but he had four sacks in one game last year. So, uh, big guy there. But talk to me about your four and five guys here because I have not – we'll just skip over B.J. Ojolari, who I assume is related to Aziz. Uh, they're brothers. So. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Talk to me about uh, Baldonado here, number five from Pittsburgh, <laughs> who who I'm not – I'm help me out on that first name. 
Yeah, Habakkuk Bonato from Pitt. I mean, Pitt, Pitt's going to have a, a killer defensive line this year. Um, he, he was, you know, 255, which is a really good, strong lower body. Um, I mean, he, he could drive players, kind of use this strength to get to the quarterback a little raw, but he started to really pick it up late in the season of just consistent pressure, pressured Sam Howell when, when he played North Carolina. He was a big part of that. Um, just a really impressive length, size, athleticism. Uh, I think there's a lot of raw tools there that are super interesting. Pitt could have, I think, multiple top 100 defensive linemen in this class. And we also have the uh, cousin of Jadevian County uh, on this <laughs> group. It will be redshirt sophomore uh, edge rusher from Mississippi. De- Is it Demon? I, I, I think it's I think it's Demone. I, I want to say it's not pronounced Demon, but it's Demon, still Demon. Demon Clowney. It's just, it's just uh, cool. 34th on your edge rusher. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't done much yet, but, uh, you know. We'll see what happens. Um, GTN had a question in the chat. This feels apropos to talk about it here. Uh, what do the three techs look like, uh, Shane? Top five, seven, mid to late first area. Early, I know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's tough. I think, you know, could Jalen Carter from Georgia play there? I think he could. Um, he honestly was probably the best defensive lineman on Georgia's team last year. Um, so, you know, he's going to get drafted probably top five. I guess Emma spoke saying Nolan Smith be the best defender from Georgia this year. Jalen Carter clearly will be, and um, is, you know, he's going to go really high. I think he could play three tech, but kind of the next group, I think uh, Brian Breesey from Clemson had a big injury last year, but kind of flashed as a freshman. Um, your boy, Zach Pickens from South Carolina, you know, I'm a big fan of his. Also and- very flashy. Yeah, right. You know, kind of does some good things, goes away for a while. Um, but uh, I also really like Justin uh, Igboe. I'm not saying his last name correctly from Alabama, as you know, he's kind of a smaller, penetrating three tech. I think that's that's an ideal spot for him. So he's a name to look out for too. Speaking of flashy, uh, I, I I think after that uh, first game when. Uh, I was raving about Jermaine Johnson. I re- I put I added uh, Fabian Lovett to that list uh, because of the flash that he had in that uh, opening game for Florida State. So he's another lot of lot of flash. We got a lot of sizzle here, uh, Shane, with this uh, defensive line class. I guess we'll see how much stake we get out of it. Um, let's move on to linebackers now, and there's a name at the top that is familiar. Uh, to people in the draft circle here, as his brother Penne was uh, top six pick last or 2021. So uh, Noah Sewell uh, has had some injuries, right? Uh, he's dealt dealt with some injuries at Oregon, but uh, really good. Yeah, I mean he's 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 been like phenomenal. Justin Flowell came in. Uh, they kind of came in together as high recruits. Fly was kind of the, the guy everyone was talking about. And then Sewell was the player that stepped in day one and was just productive, great tackler. Um, he's big. He has good range. Like his agility's off the charts. He, I, he's, I, I think if the medical is good, he's going to be a first round pick. Um, I'd be pretty surprised if he doesn't play up to that this year. Um, I don't know much about Trenton Simpson. I know about as much of him as I do about Miles Murphy uh, from Clemson. 
Maybe I just bought, maybe I just blocked them out. I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe you just have some anti-Clemson bias over there. Um, but a couple of guys we scouted significantly last year, Henry Toho Toho uh, for Alabama uh, and DeMarvion Overshawn, who um, both guys had some flaws in the tape. So I, I'm not unhappy that they went back to school. Yeah, I mean, like I said, having them in my top five, I think if both take a step forward, they both can be, you know, day two picks. Because uh, there are definitely games, especially for Overshawn, where I, th- I thought that was, you know, he could be that. Um, 2020 had a rough year. So I think it could be Christian Harris like, where, okay, you know, th- these guys aren't first round picks anymore, but they could be day two guys and, um, you know, be solid, small, uh, kind of outside linebackers. Owen Papo's another one that uh, was highly thought of coming into the process last year, kind of, well, with injuries, kind of fell uh, fell out of the conversation. Um, I got one more guy I want to talk about uh, from Alabama. We'll get to him in a second. But I can't help but notice some Conference USA and Sunbelt here at five and six. Uh, Shane, Tyler Grubbs, Louisiana Tech, and Richard Gibbonor from Troy. Five, uh, six and seven or five and six on this list. Yeah, look, look at that. Uh, Tyler Grubbs, he, he's, he's been a starter since he stepped on campus. He was a three-star, I think he's a three-star player who tackle machine. I mean, he just wraps up like he is so good at reading and identifying. I think he plays so smart. I think he's super underrated right now. And um, Jibinor had a, had a really great season last year. They used him as a pass rusher, dropping back into coverage. Um, I mean, he, he just, you know, he was the name I kind of got tipped to and I went back and watched. I was like, wow, I mean, he, he is by far the best player on that defense and is doing everything. So, um, yeah, I think there's going to be some decent smaller school linebackers in this class. Um, last guy here I want to talk about, Demui Kennedy, Alabama. Down here at 17 on your list. Uh, I'll be a junior this year, I presume. Um, same high school as C.J. Mosley. And I've told this story. I, di- I, di- I didn't see uh, Kennedy play in high school. Um, but I did see C.J. Mosley play in high school, and I think he's probably the best high school football player I've ever seen in person. You know, and I, I don't know if they're similar players. I have no idea. But uh, so I'll be anxious to see, you know, put him on the list, get a, get a few – get the eyeballs on him. Uh, his high school is scum. Trash and I hate them. Wow. But uh, you know, harsh. It is what it is. Yeah. Uh, Kennedy hasn't done much yet. I mean, he's a special teams guy last year. He actually had uh seven carries uh as a running back. So you know, it, he he has the athleticism. Um, so I'm interested to see if, if he plays this year, he should start. If anybody from Theodore, Alabama is listening out there right now. Uh, I mean scum in the nicest possible way. <laughs> just just losing listener. Just, just you know, that's, that's it. <laughs> um, let's move on to defensive backs here. We'll start with corners. Number one corner on your list is LSU transfer to Alabama. Uh, was recently, was he arrested? Yeah, I, I think he was, and he was let go, and it was, yeah, yeah that was fine. So we'll, marijuana. So, so this will be one of those uh, we'll handle this one internally type deals, and he probably misses no time or misses a half or something. 
But uh, Eli Ricks, uh, what do you like about this guy? I mean, you know, we saw Derek Stingley get drafted top three, number one corner off the board. I thought Eli Ricks outplayed him, um, you know, game to game the, the past uh, two seasons. I think Eli Ricks, similar to Stingley, stepped in as a freshman, was really exceptional, 6'2", good size, good length, good speed, and just a very sticky cover corner. Um, I, I think there's a lot of potential there. We'll see what he does at Alabama. Um, I, I don't think it's set in stone. Like, I think he could take a step back. It could be a situation where he doesn't play up to that, but um, I, I think he has all the tools. You mentioned him a lot on the podcast during the season, uh, and my opinions of his father notwithstanding. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State, uh, great size. Uh, I assume he uh, has some of that tenacity there. Yeah, and he's a playmaker too. He picks pick six last year. If you watch him late in the season, I mean, he got better and better and better. And then late in the season, I thought he was one of the best corners in college football. Um, and I think he's going to show that this season. I think Joey Porter Jr., top 100 pick, definitely has a shot at round one. Uh, so, you know, I've been a big fan from the beginning. So I'm excited to see how he does this year. Just, to, just for fun, I mocked him to the Bengals in my oh. – 2023 mock draft just, just for fun we'll uh, see we'll see where i put them just for fun in uh my final my seven round <laughs> uh last seen uh sealing the national championship game for georgia with a pick six uh kaylee ringo uh rich will be a redshirt sophomore corner here another we're just not going to draft small corners anymore are we no, I, it might be out the window. Some of those small quarters, like, uh, I mean, he is so big. He's fast. He's got, he's probably four, four flat kind of guy. You know, he's like the anti Darian Kendrick. And I thought he should have been playing more <laughs> than Darian Kendrick last season. And, um, I think he's going to show that this year. I, I think, uh, Ringo is going to be really, really good. Uh, number five on your list. You, you came a calling Shane. I did. Talk, I talk did. to me about Cam Smith. He he's, has consistency issues. I'll say that. But when he's on, he's on. And uh, could be one of the better corners uh, in this class if he's on. Uh, so I, I like Cam Smith. Another guy further down that I liked a lot last year was Caillou Blue Kelly from Stanford. Uh, Want to see if he continues to improve. And I'm going to go on the record right now. And the player who could have that Daxton Hill level rise in this class is that sort of hybrid nickel safety uh, type of guy is Jamie Robinson from Florida state, South Carolina transfer was really good last year. I think as that nickel or guy who could play free safety, even I think he could uh, I think he's going to test well, could be that guy that could end up uh, in that late first early second round area by the time the process cleans itself out. I think there's a lot of guys uh, with that kind of upside, um, you know, that, that could do that. I even like Garrett Williams from Syracuse as a potential player there. I think corner is going to be really strong again this year. I, I think it's going to be a strong group. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we didn't even talk about Avery Young, a guy who we both watched last year and thought could have been drafted uh, maybe even top 100 a year ago had he come out. Uh, let's move on to safety where a couple of familiar names here uh, – because we've been watching him for a little while. Brandon Joseph transferred from Northwestern over to Notre Dame. He's going to have to try to bounce back a little bit. And Jordan Battle, um, another guy 
and Jalen Catalan. All three of these guys kind of need to uh, all went back to school. All could have entered last year's draft. All need to needed to go back to school to kind of uh, get that reputation back a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I felt like Catalan maybe should have come out. I, I thought you know he probably could have been in that top 100 mix. I thought he had a good season, but has potential to be the top safety in this group. I think any of those guys could end up being first round picks or could end up being third round picks. Um, but my, my top player is Malachi Moore from Alabama, who kind of kind of nickel corner safety plays plays a lot of nickels, so it might end up being a corner. Um, it's a little tough with a couple of these Alabama guys of like what what they are, but I mean he he he's a playmaker. Um, he, he despite his size, he, he can tackle. Like he's uh, really really talented, really fast, just uh, quick and athletic. Well, it's another guy you have a little further down, Trey Dean from Florida. I would have. Looked at him as a corner, maybe, um, or at least I thought he played corner at one point in time. So you could have a lot of those where we're going to uh, have questions because you have three Alabama safeties in your top ten. They all three can't be on the field at the same time. So you have to assume that one could end up being in that nickel. Like you said, that might be Malachi Moore. Yeah, yeah, that's what he played last year. And I, I also really like Antonio Johnson, Texas A&M, big – um, came in as a corner. I actually had him in my corner rankings for a while and moved into safety. Uh, when I went back and watched, I was like, oh, he, he's playing safety. Um, but I think he's a name to keep in mind too. So, um, Is there a punt god in this class? Uh, no, I, I, th- I think kickers are going to be the, the special. Kickers class. making a comeback here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. I think there are three that could have come out and gotten drafted this year. So, you know, they're probably going to get drafted next year. Uh, I only really know one, and that's because I watch a lot of Alabama games, and that's Will Reichert, who I don't think has missed a kick at Alabama, right? I don't think he has. So that's pretty good. And they've got a Carlson down here for Auburn, another another Carlson. So that's, that's good. Uh, you have Mitch Jeter from South Carolina ranked as 12th on your kicker list. He's never kicked a field goal. So that's – we'll see how that goes. Look, look, he he was uh that, that means I watched I watched high school films, so back in the day. That's what that means. We'll see how it goes. Look, Parker White just, just replace him with an even better kick. Here it comes. There, there, there you go. But yeah, no Never. Noah Ruggles from Ohio State and Jake Moody from Michigan both uh were in contention for the um for the big trophy there for kickers. So. Um let, let's say this. Let's say this. If Will Reichert is senior bowl eligible, <laughs> write it down. He will, be he will be the kicker. Does not matter. Does not matter. He will be there. Um, I, I don't care about long snappers. So anyway. <laughs> that's yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know yet. But, uh, so, uh, yeah, so that's uh, – we, we've gone through all the positions now, Shane. Compared to this time last year, how do you feel about the 2023 class as you – comparatively speaking, that you felt about the 2022 class? Um, compared to this time last year, I think I feel a little better about 23 class. I think at the top, I feel like it's going to be a better class as a whole. I don't think the depth will be there like we had in 22. Um, I think that the, the well's going to dry up probably past the top 100, but I think if you stack the top 100s against each other right now, I think, you know, this and 22 a year ago, I think, uh, 23 would, 
I'd probably feel a lot better about it um, as a better better group as, as a whole, better class coming up. There but I don't know, maybe it's just optimism, not remembering, but I think 23 is going to be a good a good class, but a smaller class. All righty. Let's see if we've got uh, any questions on the Twitter. We do not. Um, so let's let's answer some chat questions here. We answered one earlier for G10. Uh, I don't know if this is a question more of a comment, but uh, he's happy with his Cowboys Hall for 2022, Shane? Yeah, it looked pretty good. He asked about the Ron Bland, who I – wasn't super high on, but has some of that athletic upside at corner. So defensive back special teams. I, I, we talked about it last week. I think Dallas's draft was underrated. And a question here from Zach Grubel. Better prospect, Bijan Robinson or Tr- Travion Henderson? Yeah, from a high Hey, uh, I watch football, Shane. Yeah, no, look, look you, 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 I know you're a Buckeye fan at heart, so... Um, <laughs> I, I think Bijan's a better prospect right now. I think Travion Henderson, if he improves and he could be on that same tier in a year, I think there's a couple, you know, a couple things visual wise he has to clean up, but I think Bijan is, you know, is the better running back at this point. Well, Shane, that is it for season one of the draft countdown podcast overall, man. I mean, I feel good about everything we've done this year. I'm quite sure you do the same, right? Yeah, I thought it went really well. I think people, we had some good responses. You know, shout out to Nate for the site design. Got a lot of praise and rightfully so. Um, So, you know, we'll be keep kind of tweaking that and making that better. And um, yeah, I I thought it went really well. I think people enjoy the content. And, you know, if there's ever anything that people want or feedback, we're, you know, we're happy to take that as well. But for the first, first year. Solid. Yeah, I feel really good about it too, man. And uh, I think it's going to get even better. We're going to keep going in 2023. Sky's the limit, man. But uh, that's going to do it for tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown podcast. Again, we're going to take a break for a couple of months here. Shane's going to go off gallivanting through Europe. Yes. uh, In a couple of weeks. Uh, I am just going to read some books. Got a, got about a stack of three or four books here. I'm going to get caught up on uh, my summer reading, if you will. Uh, get to that here. But uh, everybody who's watching, if you haven't already subscribed to the channel, go ahead and do that. Like I said, hit that notification bell. You know, something could come up over the summer, and then you know we have to we have to get that word out. So I might pop in here uh, to do that. So, so get that notification bell, so you'll be notified when that happens. Uh, if you listen to us on the audio version of it, be it on Spotify, on uh, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your audio podcasts, give us a good review, share the word, spread the wealth, all that good stuff, and uh, and, and get it, get us out there so uh, you can be notified of when those go live as well. Generally speaking, a few hours after um, we, we, we are done recording. Follow me on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft. Follow Shane on Twitter at Shane P. Hallam. Follow Draft Countdown on Twitter at Draft Countdown. Go to DraftCountdown.com draft for everything you need in regards to the 2022 and 2023 and 2024 and 2025. It's there. NFL drafts. It's all there, man. It's all there right now. Uh, head over there as soon as you're done listening here. And uh, again, big shout out 
to everybody who is followed along. That is not right. That is not, that is, that is <laughs> actually incorrect. Uh, Thanks for everybody who has followed along all year long. And uh, we really appreciate all your support out there. So for Shane, for myself, until next time, which may or may not be in three months. Later. <laughs>